Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Jesus is thirsty tonight. And this is a night devoid of stars, although there's a light shining in the darkness from a piece of blood-drenched wood, an old rugged cross on a hill far away. Jesus is thirsty. Out of all of the seven last words of Christ, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Today you will be with me in paradise. Woman, behold thy son, behold thy mother. My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? It is finished. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. The word whispered tonight from Jesus' lips is the most human one. I thirst. The Gospel of John is viewed as the most theological gospel with his great emphasis on the divinity of Jesus and a, a so-called high Christology. But the irony is this Christ in John, even though divine, reveals his frail humanity when he says, I thirst. We encounter a human Jesus at his most vulnerable, most desperate, the most like us, enduring a mask-wearing, physical, distancing, global pandemic with all of its physical, mental, economic, and social impact. I thirst. What are you thirsty for? I thirst for connection. I thirst for community. I thirst for relationship. I thirst to gather tonight. We bring our thirst to the thirsty king on a cross. The one who makes seven I am statements in the Gospel of John, revealing that he's the God of the Old Testament, who in Exodus was I am that I am. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. This same one also says, I'm thirsty. The words of Psalm 22 could be his words. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. I thirst. It's what crucifixions do to human beings. This form of capital punishment was an agonizing way to die. Heinous shameful, humiliating, dehydrating, suffocating, bound or nailed to a tree or cross with all organs intact, death coming slowly, normally, possibly over a few days as the body gave up to shock like a dry piece of bread. I thirst, Jesus says, dangling from a tree. I'm struck by this parched proclamation from the Prince of Peace. I'm struck by Jesus's humanity, but even more so because he says such a thing when he's royalty. 
leading up to this moment when Jesus is in Pilate's hands, there's an exchange about him being king of the Jews. And those words are in Pilate's mouth literally and constantly. Are you the king of the Jews? So you are a king? Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? Pilate asks what is truth and he speaks the truth unknowingly. Jesus at one point says to Pilate, you say that I am a king. My kingdom is not from this world. And over and over again, even when people mock him, they say ironically, hail king of the Jews. Soldiers even place a crown of thorns on his head and dress him in a purple robe, which symbolizes royalty. This is what retired Duke Divinity Professor Joel Marcus calls a parody of kingly epiphany. And in the end, Pilate places an inscription on the cross that reads, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Everyone doesn't accept him as king. But John wants to be sure we know who the king is, Jesus, and that he's a different type of king. A king not thirsty for power to dominate, but a king who possesses the power to die and serve. When we see him lifted high on a cross on, on public display, it's a coronation through a crucifixion. His throne is a cross, and he's high and lifted up, thirsting to reign over us. This is a piercing irony that a king would die thirsty. God is thirsty. A king typically has all power and access to the finest wine and food, but this servant king is served sour wine and finds himself thirsty like a pauper in the end. Crown him with many crowns, the Passover lamb upon his wooden throne. This is an exaltation like no other. A crucifixion is Jesus' coronation. Hail him? Him. It's not the cross we lift up because common criminals died on crosses all the time. Rather, we lift up Jesus, the king on the cross who's thirsty tonight. His coronation as his crucifixion, what poet Andrew King calls a throne of self-giving love set upon a garbage heap, is the coronation of paradox in the life of Christian discipleship. Jesus is lifted up by going down. He ascends his throne by a descent. The one who can save is executed. The one who saves, the Messiah, doesn't save himself. A suffering Messiah is a paradox. His very name reveals this tension too. Jesus Christ, human and divine. It's a paradox. The creator of the world and of all things dies in the world he created. The word of God that was in the beginning hardly has any words to say to his accusers in his earthly ending. The paradox is piercing if we are paying attention. The same man who earlier in John encountered a woman at a well offered and offered her living water through which she would never be thirsty again finds himself thirsty and dry. 
He has living water. He is living water, but says, I thirst. What do you do when you find the incarnate God thirsty like us? The eternal womb of living water is thirsty? Paradox is the heart of the Christian faith, the coronation of which we see at the cross, in that a tree of death will blossom through blood into a tree of life. Paradox. To gain life, you have to lose life. If you want to be first, be last. If you want to be great, be the least. What does the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi say? For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Paradox. Jesus isn't the only one thirsty. We are thirsty too, aren't we? And it's in our thirst we discover the one who can quench our thirst and deepest longings through our spiritual void. We can recognize that the victory of our soul belongs to Jesus. If the king is thirsty, how much more are we? In Jesus' humanity on the cross, we see our thirst. The cross calls us to acknowledge our thirst such that his words become our own. I thirst. Maybe some of us don't even recognize that we are thirsty and have a spiritual need in our soul. Maybe all there is inside of us is a dry desert, parched and numb for so long. Or maybe we are seeking other things and not Christ to quench our thirsty souls without seeing how much we need God. We might be so far away from the words of the psalmist, as a deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. Maybe we thirst for everything else but God. Or maybe we might possess a thirst to be loved, to be known, to be accepted, to be understood, to be desired. We might be thirsty for justice and thirsty for reconciliation, and the one who knows our human thirst is paradoxically the one who can quench it. Jesus shows us how to be in relationship with God. Be thirsty. Be thirsty. The irony is that if we aren't thirsty, we are spiritually dead. Not the other way around. Your thirst means you have a longing, a desire, a seeking. And as St. Augustine wrote in his confessions, our hearts are restless until they rest in God. Are you thirsty? All thirsty people must hang their hopes on this king's cross. And Jesus tells us in the Sermon on the Mount that blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. In our thirsting, we find our quenching. Through our void, we find victory for our soul through the king enthroned on a cross. Jesus is the ultimate answer to our every hunger and thirst, even as he says earlier in John, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and let the one who believes in me drink. Jesus' thirst on the cross 
so that he can quench. He thirsts, but quenches our thirst. This is the paradox of the king. He dies with thirst that we may quench our thirst in him. He's acquainted with our grief and sorrow, our thirst, our fragility, our infirmities, our longings, our suffering pandemics. He's a God who became human in order to bring humans to God. Come to the thirsty one to find the living water that will quench your thirst forever. Nothing else, no one else will satisfy. You may thirst after earthly power and prestige, but these are not found on the cross of Christ. What is found there is thirst. Thirst in Jesus, weakness in Jesus that is stronger than human strength, foolishness in Jesus that is wiser than human wisdom. When we take up our cross to follow him, we take up thirstiness with the promise that it will be quenched. Are you thirsty? I'm told that on a visit to Mother Teresa's hospice in India, someone learned that in the Houses of Charity, which is the order Mother Teresa founded, there were uh, two signs at the time with two sayings of Jesus hanging in that space. One sign said, I thirst. And the other said, I quench. And what we will discover as Jesus quenches our spiritual thirst, is that he does so because he's thirsty for us. You see, his cry is not just a human one. It is also a divine one because it is God crying out for us. I thirst, he says. I thirst for you. I long for you. I love you. He thirsts for all of us who thirst. He thirsts for us to see him for who he is and to crown him king over our lives. He became so human that in our humanity we might become more like him and know him in our thirst. In our thirst we come to know Jesus who's thirsty for us. The king is thirsty for us. His thirst is so human because he thirsts for all humans. He became so human in his thirst, not because of lack, but because of love. His love for us. He died because of his love for you. I thirst is his love song for the world. And this thirst will be quenched. You might have heard the story of a group that was touring at an art museum. And in this particular group was an international chess champion. The group was going through the museum, looking at the artwork, when they came to a picture entitled Checkmate. The artist had drawn a chess board where it looked like the king had no more moves. The picture showed the, the chess player with his head in his hands and the devil laughing at him. The group looked at the picture 
and moved on. But the chess champion stayed at the picture and stared at it. After a while, the leader of the group came back to check on him, and the chess champion said, you know, they're either going to have to change the name of this picture or change the picture because I'm an expert and I can see that the king still has one more move. This king on a cross, Jesus, has one more move for you. And we'll see that he can't get enough of us because he loves us, yearns to be with us, and thirsts for us. You'll see. Just give it three more days. Amen.